What's up, everybody? You got Jimmy DeSico, the oldest brother at Super Coffee, and I am this week's man of the hour. Don't miss this episode. Justin and I talk about the origins of Super Coffee, who my mentors are, and the impact they've had on me, where Super Coffee's headed, uh, and the advice I would give my 19-year-old self. So tune in, check it out. Let's go. Let's have a Founders Week, shall we? I'm incredibly honored and excited to bring each of you back-to-back episodes this week and this week only with some of the smartest and coolest founders and CEOs that I know. I've got one with Jimmy DeSico, the CEO of Super Coffee, the Stenmark twins Jordan and Zach, the founders of Dreamers, Nolan Walsh, the founder of Thursday Boots, and Ben Higgins, the co-founder of Generous International. Now, what inspired Founders Week was this deep sense of learning that I felt we all could use through conversations I've had with these guys over the past couple months. Whether we want to admit it or not, I think all of us have some level of creative entrepreneurship in us. And if you've at all been on the fence about launching your own company or brand, Jimmy, the twins, Nolan, and Ben have a lot of advice and experiences that I think could help set you up. Now, what fun would a Founders Week been without one of the four companies joining us for it? And that's Super Coffee. This incredible coffee company and all their positive energy are our Founders Week presenting sponsor. As a super fan of Super Coffee, this was a very special partnership we brought to life, especially after I became friends with Jimmy. I've been drinking Super Coffee for years now, and its dynamic taste, ingredients, and flavors are what really sold me to begin with. It's got the delicious taste, zero grams of added sugar, 10 grams of protein, and it's healthy with no artificial ingredients which is why everyone loves it. Super Coffee is the number three ranked bottled coffee company in the United States behind Starbucks and Dunkin'. Isn't that incredible? This company was born with the idea of removing negative ingredients and replacing them with positive ones. It could be their pour over vanilla ground coffee or their canned cold brew that has L-theanine in it. No matter the type of coffee, I'm always so happy with the way that it tastes, especially because it's the healthiest alternative to sugary drinks such as Frappuccinos, which I call Crappuccinos, Dunkin', as well as other energy drinks. Super Coffee combines the caffeine of two cups of coffee with protein and healthy fats to give you all day focus energy without the jitters or afternoon crash. There you have it, afternoon crashing. We all hate it, and we know that sometimes when we drink certain types of coffees, we're crashing by maybe 2 or 3 p.m. Super Coffee doesn't do that to you. You know what else is so nice? It's also keto-friendly, lactose-free, and gluten-free. And you know I had to throw that one in there just in case any of you were curious. Now we're going to roll the episode, but I would love for you to check out Super Coffee today and try it out. The best part is that Super Coffee has a 60-day money-back guarantee, meaning if you don't love it, you get your money back, no questions asked. We've worked out an exclusive deal for this podcast and this podcast only, and that is for each of you listeners to receive 25% off your entire purchase when you go to drinksupercoffee.com and use Justin25 at checkout. That's all it takes, 25% off your entire order, whether you start the subscription or purchase one time only, and be sure to use Justin25 at checkout. Super Coffee is also available nationwide in over 25,000 stores, including Target, Whole Foods, Walmart, Kroger, and CVS. All right, and doesn't it make the most sense to have the CEO of Super Coffee as our first guest for Founders Week? Here is Jimmy DeSico. Welcome, buddy. Justin, dude, I'm pumped to be here, man. Thank you so much. It's Founders Week is awesome. I love all the people you've had on the show. Some of them are friends. Our boy, Dan Churchill. What's up, Danny? Uh, and just to be able to be here and rap with you, I'm fired up. Let's oh get it. God, dude, I wish I could rap. I hope you can rap. Let me hold you to that word. Uh, towards the yeah. end of this thing, you, you spit oh. some fire if you can, buddy. Let's go to our worlds <laughs> colliding for a second. So where do you yeah. think the secret is to, to having 
guys like us actually know some of the same people, all of which are dope. You said Dan. Um, I said Brad. You know, we can go down the list of all the people that we know, but that's, I think, you and I haven't even crossed actual physical paths. This is right. the first, right, on Zoom. But um, that's something special I wanted to ask you about because it's not the first time you've met someone like me or anybody and said like, hey, like, are, we know a lot of the same people, but where do you think all that begins to come to life, especially as an entrepreneur? I think curiosity, right? Like we're all, all the guys that you and I have in common are, we're all curious, right? We all want to, to know more. We want to be more like we want to see how far we can, we can push ourselves. And, and uh, I think there's a few people sort of have that, that same drive. And, and when you're on that path and, and when you're trying to, to figure it out and push yourself to, to sort of get out of that comfort zone, you're going to find people who are on that same path, right? And a lot of the people in this circle that, that you and I have are, are on that path. And we'll all say the same thing to each other. Isn't that like, I said this for, for lack of a better recording session. I mean, right before we hit the record button with Jimmy, I was like, dude, like you may have this lifestyle, life, wellness, food, beverage, you know, fitness arena that he kind of plays in. And then I might be on the media, entertainment, celebrity and whatever side, but we happen to know a lot of the same people. And to me that, that you said it, it's that we run in groups where I feel like everybody's kind of chasing something bigger than themselves with purpose and then understanding what value that has for people that it serves. So I wanted to start there with you as well, as you were thinking to get out of what was, and I want you to tell the story about this too, the backup, the backup story. Um, before you had thought to even build a business on your own name, with your brother, with your friends, with the investors, everybody that you had involved at the forefront, um, did you tell yourself anything like, I, I, I want to do something for others, or I want to uh, have a job that is, is bigger than me? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I, so I, I, did, I wasn't that intentional about it, you know, and, and to just one point of context. So uh, two younger brothers, and, and plus me, so three of us started it, they were the true entrepreneurs, right? So Jake and Jordan were probably a bit more like contemplative when it came to like starting a business and, and what that meant for them. For me, I sort of joined late just to make sure that they didn't screw their lives up, you know, and, and what playing what the big brother, as you say, right? Exactly, right. And, and what attracted me to this grind was just that the grind. My my two younger brothers are the founders of Super Coffee, right? They they came up with the idea. I was there before we ever sold a bottle, you know. So they they brought me on as a co-founder, and I think they were a bit more intentional with what they wanted to build and the lives they wanted to change. Whereas for me, like I was intrigued by the challenge of building something in a category that was super crowded and competitive, and and honestly doing it for a noble cause, right? Like removing this idea of removing sugar from America's diet and doing it at scale was attractive, and and I think that's what what that's how I ended up here. And six years, six years later, why I'm still here. Yeah, you're still here, man. You know, you actually answered <laughs> the question without thinking you were going to answer the question. So your brothers may have had somewhat of a bigger mission and purpose and, and all that good stuff at, at the foundation. But it sounds like you also had quite a big mission to accomplish yourself. And then here you are now, though. So this is many, many, many years later. But how what's what's been the best part for you to work with your brothers, I wanted to ask? Yeah, I think it certainly brought us closer, you know, I mean, even before super coffee, there was nobody in the world who I was closer with than, than my two brothers, but to forge that bond over the last six years of sort of struggle and growth and grinding together and, and evolving, you know, we're different humans today than we were five years ago. And, and like the, the, the business is very different today. You know, we started out three of us in a delivery van right. today. We're 
120 employees, 40,000 accounts, the third largest bottled coffee company in the U.S. Like that requires a very different skill set or a very type of, of leadership, um, mm. just the way you show up. So I, I think to, to evolve with them through the shared struggle has been an invaluable experience. The harder days, though, when you guys were building it and, and help us understand for a second what that journey was like for the three of you, plus everybody else that was involved to get to this point. Because this point is kind of a good, good position for you guys. I know there's much more coming, right? But when people see you here, we I want people to understand what it was like on the harder days. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, I mean, reflecting back now, I think one thing that's super interesting about what how we got started, like the, the, the group of friends that, that you and I sort of run in similar circles with, like I said, all those guys subscribe to things that make them better, whether it's podcasts or intense workouts or, or blogs, whatever, whatever it is, newsletters, that type of thing. Five years ago, six years ago, when we started, that wasn't who we were. You know, like I didn't listen to any pod. I didn't know what a podcast was like. We didn't come from the startup world. There was no morning brew. You know, like we didn't have this sort of echo chamber of like growth and development. So, and, and I mean, we don't I, like I, I played football and studied philosophy at a liberal arts school. You know, like there was nothing about our upbringing that, that said you guys will be good entrepreneurs, you know, at least on paper. And I, our mom worked at the YMCA. Our dad was a construction worker. So for us, it was like, hey, we have a coffee that tastes good. It's good for you. And it gives you energy. We got to sell a lot of it to compete with Starbucks. Let's go do that. You know, like it was it was literally as simple as that. And the three of us started making product by hand. We, we leased a delivery van from Nissan. We got into one Whole Foods market in Washington, D.C., we didn't leave that store until we were the best selling bottle of coffee. We just poured samples every single day, every day. And we we're like, all right, I mean, we got, we got one store. Let's control what we can control here. We took that sales data to the store down the street and said, hey, we're breaking records up the street. We could do that at your store, too. And, and that's how we got started. I mean, I, I don't know if we got lucky picking an industry that's like you can feel it, feel it taste it, smell it. And, sure. and you just got to sell a lot of it, you know, because like we're not none of us are technical, you know, we're not coders. We're not, we, we don't speak any other languages. Like we, we just work hard and we're nice to people. Yeah. Work hard and be nice. It's so simple, dude, especially when you have to think that that at its simplest form is probably what's going to get you the farthest, right? Work your ass off and be super fucking kind to people that are around you. How did that benefit the three of you though? I want to know. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the two, those, first, those are table stakes, right? And, and you can't have one without the other because a lot of people work hard. But if, if you work hard and you're an asshole, we don't, we don't want to work right. with you. And right. uh, I, I know a lot of nice people who don't work hard, you know? So like, I, I, I think having both of those things sets you up to be successful. You know, I think as a young, as a young entrepreneur, I mean, when we started, I was 22, Jake was 21, Jordan was 19. And it was like, it was a little disarming. You know, we were these sort of innocent kids looking for advice and guidance, trying to do something good for the world by removing sugar from the, the coffee that people drank and, and adding positivity through protein and MCT oil. Like not only the ingredients that we put into the products, but also the energy and the culture that we've espoused and put out into the world. So I think those two things are a huge part of who we are as individuals, mm. but also a, a reflection of the brand. You know, a, a brand, our brand is really just an extension of ourselves. That's a good feeling though. Yeah. Without yeah. I mean, actually, it makes it, yeah. It makes life easy, right? Like it's, you can be very authentic. You know, you don't have to think about like what the expectation or what the perception of, of the brand is. You sort of just live and, and you attract people who share those values. Mm, more about that then. 
I mean, would the, describe the relationships you feel like you've authentically built with people who are also entrepreneurs or you know, maybe not just entrepreneurs, but people who are kind of like, you know, do, doing what very well for themselves with, with all right reasons. Yeah. Um, I think there's a shared, there's a shared respect for people who, who have built something just because people who get to, who find success in any industry, like whether it's a professional sport or entrepreneurship or business generally, they've had to grind, you know, they've had to put in the time, they've had to, to face the trials and the failures and the tribulations. So I think they're like, once you get to that, to that level, you, you have a shared respect for, for those, those folks. But I, I don't know, man, I think, I think the big thing with, with working hard and being nice to people is it's contagious and it builds momentum. You know, you attract people who are interested in that and aspire to, to sort of bring that energy into their lives. Yeah. And then you find that you bring the best out of each other. You know, like a lot of times we'll bring people in from big corporate companies, Amazon, Whole Foods, Coca-Cola, and they'll be like, wow, I, I feel right at home. I feel exactly like, I feel like I was born to do this job. And really what they're feeling is, holy shit, I'm on a mission with people who share that same energy and they're helping me realize my potential, you know, like, and, and I get the same feeling out of it every day. It's not like we're, we're these great leaders or coaches that like make people feel, sure, feel their full sure. potential. It's like even conversations like this, I'm fucking jazzed up right now. I'm jazzed up too. Speaking of jazz, didn't we say that you're going to teach us how to rap towards the end of this thing? Oh, dude, don't hold me accountable to that one. I misspoke. No. <laughs> we'll just go take a rapping class the next time you're in New York City, buddy. You know, <laughs> uh, I call that the woo effect, wouldn't you? Winning others over. You ever heard that? The rule effect? Sorry, the woo effect. Winning. Oh, the woo over. effect. Winning others over. I like that. You're yeah. the best, dude. Listen to this. I, I remember in college, it was a long time ago, everybody was like, um, we, there was like six categories of, of leadership and one of them was winning others over. And it's never left my head. Cause when I talk to smart ass people like you, not smart ass, smart as hell, people like you, dude, I just keep, I keep reminding myself that a lot of these relationship based, uh, success stories are about helping people understand that you can meet them halfway. Um, you can share the same goals. And if not the same goals, maybe you can help each other with each other's goals. Like there's just so much of that is, is knowing how to build a relationship. So I got to ask you, um, especially over the last, what you said, six years. So like yeah. just over the last six years, if you can think of how you've managed and built relationships, um, while positively winning others over, how did you do it? Can you walk us through kind of maybe, um, I, I wouldn't say there's even a process for it, but if there was for you, how do you, how do you go about building relationships, especially in business? Yeah. So I think, I think it's trust, you know, like building a relationship is, is trust. And there's like, we have sort of have an equation for that where it's trust is, is, credibility right is the person who i'm talking to credible like are are they are they legit are they working on something that i'm interested in reliability does this yeah. person do what what they say they're going to do uh over on top of self-interest what's their motive right like are they are they sizing me up to see like where we fit on the 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 ecosystem here the hierarchy or are they are they trying to use me as a means to an end to get some sort of self-promotion on their behalf or are they just good people who are trying to get here and, and, and learn and work together? And I think for us, the, the key to relationships and the key to that vulnerability, like that, that sorry, that authenticity yeah. is vulnerability, right? Like saying, hey, I've, I've never done this before. You know, I'm 22 years old. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Can you please help me? 
you know, and, and there's something that's totally disarming in that. And, and when some, first of all, I think positioning that everybody who, who receives a question like that from somebody who's vulnerable feels compelled to help because everybody wants to coach, you know, like think about it. Your, your ego wants to share how much it knows, you know, in every conversation you want to add on to, to how that, the, 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 what the person is saying relates to something that you've experienced. So I think as soon as you make the other person, the coach, the, the, that's what builds the relationship. Right. And I think the, uh, I heard this the other day, like the man who does the talking is the one being sold, you know? And, and I think that's very true in relationships. If, if you get somebody talking about what they know and that relates to your field, they're going to say, Holy shit, that, that Justin is awesome. You know, like I just talked for 45 minutes at you and I'm, you're my fucking boy now. And you haven't even said any words, you know, like that's, that's the, uh, I think that's important, an important piece to building these relationships. And then active listening. Uh, and second to that, dude, you're so smart. This is why we're friends. You know, <laughs> I know that's what, that was my next point, active listening. That has so much to do with if you're going to build a business, just take us back to the days when you and your brothers had shit idea about how to even do this thing, right? It was about getting in the van and just selling it at its simplest form, right? When Super Coffee was first developed, it's like, okay, let's just put it in one store, and, and market the shit out of it how we can pass as many samples out as we can take that and go 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 but in in, in learning that if the three of you didn't have the expertise in whatever arena you're looking at i'm sure you leaned on people and you had to have listened to what they said from their experiences um right yeah no dude uh, i think 100 percent active listening is, is critical and you had you have to be a sponge in a, in a in a field or in an area where where you don't have that experience. And I think for us coming up as athletes, we're we're very coachable, right? And somebody would tell us a strategy or a tactic or a technique, and yeah. we'd hear it once, and then we'd be like, okay, let's go run it, run that play. We'll be back to you in a few months, you know. So like that's really all it was. It's not. I, I think part of it is being resourceful or low maintenance in the sense that like. If you tell me something, I don't need to come to you tomorrow saying, hey, am I doing this right? You know, it's like, I kind of understand what you said. Let me go attack that shit. Because you're an, I forgot you guys were athletes too. I didn't think about it like that. Athletes and yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I think about when I played tennis or I was cheerleading at some point and I think anybody who's been in a sport of any kind, even independent sports like tennis, right? Swimming, you, you still have to know how to be coached. So the, the, and you brought that up, which is the significance of allowing yourself to be coachable as you're going down the, the ex experiential journey of building a business. Dude, I could never imagine. I want you to know this. I hold your super coffee right in the morning, the L Fanning cold brew, and I'm telling you it's the shit. And like, I could have never imagined even building like a tin can full of liquid that's going to go in someone else's body. And you guys did that. And it's, it's very successful. And I just want to commend you for that. Um, gosh, Thank you. dude, you're, you're can i use dan's word you're legendary um, legend dan churchill man oh i love that dude he's missing something else and it's in the best ways so i remember you dropping a quote maybe it was on the forbes 30 or 30 listen bro you already made that list i'm telling you that's something else and we could talk about that <laughs> offline but that's something else uh he made it on that list and because and listen i think you stayed authentic to who you were and why you did what you did and, and some people noticed that and it's great um I'm going to quote you. And I remember you saying that, um, or at least explaining often that one of the key contributors to the, your company's success with your brothers is the lack of rigid hierarchy and how everyone sees each other as teammates. And I want to talk to you about this because I think if anybody's going to build anything, production company, super coffee, uh, uh, um, 
agency, modeling, blah, blah, blah. You need a team. Are you fucking kidding me? So when you guys had your team today, right? Even when you were first building it, maybe it was just the three of you. Now you guys have so many employees. What did you mean by that? You see everyone else as teammates and there's a lack of rigid hierarchy. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's important to empower individuals to go solve, solve problems and be resourceful on, on their own. Uh, humans are, are capable of like going far above and beyond a nine to five list of projects to achieve. So I think one, having that autonomy and two, that introduces ego, right? If, if I'm like, Hey, Justin, go figure this out. You're on your own, bro. Like you don't want to let us down as your teammate, you know, you know, we're working on the same shit on our side. Right. So like, it's, it's less about getting a job done and more about you not letting, letting your teammates down. Um, and, and today I think what's, what's exciting about all that is like, we empower our people to be the CEO of their territory, right? If it's a regional sales rep, you're the CEO of New York city, or if it's a, a head of marketing, you're the CEO of the digital channel. Right. And, and I think part of, part of it is like, we all have so much on our plates that like, First of all, I've never managed a business that has digital marketing and field marketing and finance or any of this stuff. So it's all new to me. I'm not like I would be doing my team a disservice if I tried to coach them on, on some of the stuff that I don't know about. Uh, and now, like we're in a position today where the brand like we've attracted top talent in, in every category. And so, I mean, Steve Jobs said it. He's like, why would we hire smart people and tell them what to do? Like we hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. And reality is we all sort of as long as like you're aligned on culture and values and like where the company needs to go, a group of smart people will figure out a way to get there. I don't even know if you and Steve Jobs could have said it together even better. Um, <laughs> who do you look up to? You said Steve Jobs. Who do you, who do you uh, admire to date? Someone that's maybe a business owner or a family member, whoever that is. Who, who's one person that comes to mind when I say um, mentor? Uh, yeah. And, and this is sort of a, a, a recent relationship. We, my brothers and I got the opportunity to meet Jesse Itzler a few weeks back and we, we hung out with him at the Hawks game. We went to his house for dinner and met his wife, Sarah Blakely and, and spent a good amount of time with Jesse a couple back to back weekends. And it's more of a friendship than a mentorship, but just watching him le lead his life as a leader, as a businessman, as a husband and as a father it's like, that's the pinnacle, right? Like right now we only have one of those dimensions. You know, we're, we're leading people, we're, we're, we're business folks, but I think tying that in to a, a sort of holistic, healthy life of fitness too, like dude, super healthy, very motivated, does crazy endurance races. Um, so he's checking all the boxes. And to me, like that is a very well-rounded uh, individual. Like that's, that's the goal, right? I want to be all of those things when I grow up. And I think so, all too often we see billionaires who are unhappy or people that come from broken households or broken marriages, but they're rich, you know, or they're wealthy or they're so successful. Um, so I, I think for me, there's a myth that like to be successful, you have to sacrifice those other things, whether it's health or family or, or, or fitness, any of that stuff. Yeah. And Jesse was somebody who really set that example for us. Mm. And I think you you hit the nail on the head. Instead of mentor, I should have said friend that you look up to because you're right, it's a friendship. I often think of people who who have, have, I guess anybody who's done anything extraordinary, it's all about 
balance and creating a holistic life. And that's something that I think everybody should really look towards um, to build, which is great. And you get to see it out of the lens of someone like him. And I think that as you're watching him, you're almost able to kind of project what your holistic life would then be like. Um, but as you're projecting, Jimmy, do you ever, um, I don't take you as, as an impatient person and I just met you not too long ago. So, um, but when you're thinking of the timeline, I think that gets people a little bit on their heels about building a business. Um, you know what I mean? Like just, just looking a little too far ahead instead of focusing on how to build what you're, what you currently have in front of you. So when you think of timeline and, and all those and, and what's to come, maybe even for super coffee, how do you keep yourself, uh, motivated to stay grounded and kind of neutralized so that you're not overdoing or getting too overwhelmed. Yeah. And uh, full of these cliches today, but it, like, how do you move a mountain one stone at a time, you know, and, and I, we, we embraced that pretty early on. Like you're standing down there looking at the top, some pinnacle brands that are on every shelf, the Cokes, the Pepsis, whatever uh, the, the entrepreneurs who have built them it's like, fuck, I'm never going to get there. Right. Those people have something that I don't have. Like it's impossible to go from nothing to something, mm. but like anything in life, whether it's fitness or a race or an endurance competition or, or uh, like just uh, like gathering education, like gathering knowledge through class or coursework, it's yeah. one day in front of the other, you know, it's not like you do something one day and you're like, Oh, aha, I got it. You know, it's you, you put one foot in front of the other every single day for 365 days and you're like, holy shit, now I got it. Right. But mm -hmm. there's no, you can't skip that. There's no, there's no way to, to skip that. Um, and just a real quick story that, so the way we met Jesse, he owns this event called 29029 and 29,029 feet is the height of Mount Everest. Jesse's event is held at different mountains all over the country and people sign up. It's an endurance race. You go up the ski mountains in the U S we did one in Sun Valley, Idaho, 15 times until you get to the height of Mount Everest. And the first rep took an hour and 15 minutes. I'm like, fuck, we got to do this 15 times. Longest race I've ever run is like an hour. You know, we got to do this 15 times. And that, that whole event, it took us, it ended up taking us less than a day, but that whole event was like, this is a, such a good analogy for life, right? The only way you're going to get to the top is by doing every step of all 15 of those reps and you can't skip it. You know, like the, the issue now is like people see folks on Instagram and they're like, oh, I want to be that person. I want to be famous. I want to be successful. What can I do? Like what, what, uh, I don't know, like Are there influencers like, traps to go and try to do. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but you smell that out, right? Like people, what gets me is like consultants who, who sell advice that, but they've never built anything, you know, it's like, forgive the analogy, but it's like having a fat fitness trainer. I don't want to take advice from that dude. <laughs> Damn, you're right. You're exactly right. Oh my God. Cause I mean, unless you put it in lights like that, you're like, holy shit. What is that? Cause then you know, one, yeah, that's true. I mean, everybody considers themselves a consultant or an expert nowadays without even having the experience sometimes. Um, what, Hey, I would, I would, boo-boo on this show if I'd name dropped, but it's like, really, really, we know people and that's okay. If, if, if you want the shortcut, that's what I was thinking of. If you want the shortcut to whatever you're building, it's just not, that's not the case. We take it an episode at a time over here. You guys take it one case at a time or one bottle at a time. I'm sure. Right. You, you remember those days and that's, that's how you can build anything, you know? Um, 
Dude, well, you also get up super early, don't you? You heard of the 5 a.m. club, but you also <laughs> you you get up early as hell, just like I do. And I think that's also why we uh, we can stay ahead of ourselves. I won't say other people. I'll say stay ahead of ourselves. Uh, you always you always mentioned that there's this idea that you can jumpstart your day by getting up early and really by motivating yourself to get up early. So for you, how do you get up that early? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so first of all, it's not easy, right? And, and let me be clear that not every day when that alarm goes off at 5 a.m., I'm, I'm hopping out of bed with a smile on my face. You know, most <laughs> days it's like, fuck, let's go. Like, let's 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 get, let's do it. So just to be clear, every day sucks getting up that early. You know, it's yeah. not like I'm a morning person. Like, you, you really actually have to Dude, find some discipline to do that. I would take you as a morning person. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I am after two super coffees. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I would look at guys like Jocko Willink right and be like oh that guy's got something that, that I don't have and the reality is it's hard to wake up that early you know and, and part of the reason I do it like you said it's a four-hour head start you know you have some stillness in the morning to get your workout in or catch up on the emails and because once that day gets going and your phone's ringing the emails are coming through you're in the meetings like you're not going to get deep work done and for me I'm somebody who I put so much effort into the day that comes 7 or 8 p.m. like I'm, I got to shut it down. You know, I'm not somebody yeah. who's going to burn the midnight oil. So I think part of waking up at 5 a.m. is going to bed at 9 p.m., you know, that's and, and that's like a non-negotiable for me. Yeah, not many people will admit that. Some people who get up at 5 are costing themselves sleep. And you and I are not the kind of people where, I mean, I just had this conversation with Tony Horton from P90X. I, I think you've probably seen the guy. Um, oh, yeah. And he said the exact same thing. He will never uh, compromise his eight hours of sleep. I will yep. never compromise my eight hours of sleep. You kidding me? I'm like, <laughs> we, we burn the fuel for 16 hours. Right. 16 plus eight. That's 24, right? That's 24. Right. Damn. I hate math, but you get, you get it. Like you need your sleep seven and a half at the very least, Jimmy. Right. Um, but but that, that, that's how you stay functional. Um, how are, how are people able to get to you at this point in your in your career of six years i mean dude i can't again i could not even imagine the amount of traffic bothersome notion uh bothersome notes you get uh whatever that is i mean how are you managing your your calendar your social life your events what does that part of your life look like from an organizational and structural standpoint yeah so Anybody who's finding themselves busy, a, a good rule for me, and not everybody can do this because some people have to field sales calls, but I don't, I don't answer calls from unknown numbers throughout the day. So yep. that's like, and I'll probably get 10 of them a day. So that just goes, right. that just goes right to, right to voicemail. Um, more often than it's not, just a bunch of people to... telling you how much they love super coffee, bud. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, that, and sometimes it is that, and it's like, I feel bad for dissing a customer, no, um, but I don't do that. Yeah. Uh, we just hired an executive assistant for the first time. She, she supports all three of us, which is awesome. She's been fantastic just for calendar management. Um, and then I, I think a big thing though, for me is like, I'm, I'm, I try to be generous with my time. You know, people seek out advice or they want guidance or they're going down a similar journey or they see some, something in me that they think could be helpful. Like I try and I try and find time with them. Mm -hmm. Um, one of our, one of our mentors guy never invested in us. His name is Seth Goldman from honest tea. He founded honest tea, sold it to Coca-Cola he, we reached out to him in 2015 before we ever sold a bottle and he never invested. We never made him an advisor, but he would give us advice. We'd take it back to the, back to work. We'd, we'd go make improvements and we'd say, Hey Seth, here's the progress we made since the last time we spoke. Now we have a new question. We've been doing this for five years. Seth is still our boy. And I asked him a couple months ago. I'm like, Hey, why have, why have you always been so generous with your time? 
And he was like, I feel like I wasn't wasting your time and you certainly weren't wasting mine. And I think for me, that's important, right? Because you can tell, you can hop on the phone with somebody and be like, wow, this person's got something or like, fuck, that was a waste of time. Not going to talk to that person again. So mm. I don't know. I think I'm generous on that first phone call. And, and um, depending on how that conversation goes, I'll have a second one with somebody. And turnfold, I know people will do that for you. And now you pass, what do they call it? The ripple effect. You do that. To, I mean, you're doing it to me right now, if you think about it uh, and anybody listening, but really giving, giving advice or answering questions over email, whatever that is. Time is precious. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm paying it forward. I, I, I want to make a point on this too, because like, I'm sure a lot of people who are either advisors or, or founders are listening to this and do not ever give away equity for advice. I think that's, that's one thing that we learned early on. I know that's not, not where this conversation is going, but a lot of times advice, somebody will see an advisor who has got a crazy resume and the moment that advisor says, sure, I'll work with you, but it's going to cost 2% of your company. That's a red flag, right? Like, cause first thing is the people who, yeah. the people whose advice you want, they don't need the fucking equity, right? They did it already. Like they, they, they got that taken care of. Like somebody like Seth has been, has made hundreds of millions of dollars between honest tea and beyond me paying it forward, giving back for him. Like that costs him nothing, you know, for him right. to share some lessons or some of experiences in the trade, uh, cost him nothing. And so I guess that's for the, for the founders out there, but for the advisors out there, ask yourself, why are you going to take, why are you going to take money from somebody who's building something? You know, like, unless you're habit, willing, don't you? Yeah, dude. And it's like, if, if you want ownership in something, either write a check or roll up your sleeves and, and join the founders on the mission, right? Cause if you're not there at 4am making deliveries, I don't think you need deserve the same amount of equity that our employees do, you know, and that's mm. just a little, little bit of a founder rant for you. I love the founder round because I feel the passion. That's something I've always driven my friendships and relationships with. If I, And you said people wasting time and you can always kind of gauge whether or not someone's wasting your time. Someone who's passionate about what they do. And if someone calls and it's like, hey, how do you start a fucking pod? Or someone calls you and says like, hey, I really just need five minutes. Um, passion will drive a lot of interest and curiosity. Back to your point earlier, it's like there's there's really not that much time to go, but, it, but we can, we have the opportunity to be very generous with it. And I think nowadays something I want to fall into, I didn't think I was going to bring it up. Something I was going to fall into with you now is that as um, people are generous with their time, there's obviously a lot of um, advantage to be taken care of in that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But then the, the competition usually will drive that if you think about it. Uh, I just wanted to ask you about competition for a second because, and you said it earlier, in a very competitive field of coffee, and you guys found the niche, you found what your white space was, and you filled it, and it's very, been very successful. Um, but along the way, I could imagine the competitive like marketplace of people that just... I don't know. I don't even know what that looks like in business. I'm not a businessman, but uh, describe the competition. How did you guys kind of weave yourself around it or use it to your advantage? Maybe uh, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on competition as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I think very practically speaking, we are a bottled coffee, right? The number one bottled coffee in the U.S. is Starbucks. Number two is Dunkin' Donuts. Number three is Super Coffee. Yeah. And so naturally we compete with those guys. Like you might not look at the ingredient or you might look at the ingredient statements and think not, but then there's, there's constantly insurgents coming up behind us, whether it's Bulletproof or La Colombe or some of these niche brands that, that have adaptogens and functional ingredients, things like that. And I love, like I'm, we're, we are brand fiends, you know, I love brands. I love, I love tasting new things. I love trying new things. I yeah. love novel yeah. concepts. 
Um, I think so. Like I said, the world didn't need another bottle of coffee when Super Coffee got started. You know, we were we're coming into a very competitive space. We were different enough, which is table stakes. You know, like you you have to be different enough because if you're too familiar to something that exists, we were just another coffee with pot with milk and sugar. Nobody would trade their Starbucks for Super Coffee, right? And and now people are 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 reaching for Super Coffee who want something that tastes like Starbucks, but they don't want the sugar, they don't want the calories, maybe they want the energy. Uh, and we're also bringing people into the category who don't drink the, the Starbucks and the Dunkin'. So from like a grocery manager's perspective, we're accretive to their set because like, honestly, like they, we could have a cool brand, Shark Tank, Forbes, the whole deal. But if, if we're going into a store just stealing dollars from Starbucks, that doesn't grow their category. You know, they're like, fuck you. We don't need you. We have Starbucks. Right. But we're saying, hey, we're bringing people in who don't, who don't drink Starbucks. And then I think the last thing on competition is it makes you better. You know, it forces you to evolve. It forces you to, to question and to grow. And I think yeah. it keeps our head on a swivel. You know, like we're constantly looking over our shoulder of like what's coming next. And that keeps the urgency and, and the pressure on ourselves to keep performing and innovating and, and really just uh, growing. Yeah. That makes me so happy, dude. So happy for you and uh, your brothers and what you guys have built. It is so fascinating to me to meet people like you and Dan. Uh, Brad may start a business soon, just watch. Uh, and to know that you guys are like, you just, you've worked your ass off. And that's why, like, I think as a journalist, I always tell people, I'm like, I'm a storyteller first. I'm not a host and, you know, producer and all this other stuff. People, people think I'm a publicist sometimes. If you're listening, I'm not a publicist. I just know people and help them get a little bit of whatever they need. But like, anyway, I say all of that because it's like your story alone is like making my, uh, what do they say? The hair on your neck or whatever stand up because yeah. it's like, it's, it's, it's intriguing. It's educational. It's inspiring. It's everything that I built this show on. Um, and, and you, you continue to um, bring the stakes up even higher by, by saying all that, that you've said this episode, buddy. Um, what do you guys want more out of this? I think that, I mean, again, you know, what's so funny. I just like contradicted myself. I asked you, I said, Hey, Jimmy, like without thinking too far ahead, how do you stay present? But like, let's think ahead just a second. Where do you guys want to take the business from here? I think, you know, that's inspiring in and of itself to see where you guys are going to go. Yeah, man, I, I think we want to give everybody an option to, to, to choose a healthier option, you know, and, and I mean, Starbucks is distributed by Pepsi, Dunkin's distributed by Coke. They're on every shelf where beverages are sold, you know, and, and a lot of times people buy what's available, especially in low income places, you know, and, and especially in places with a captive audience like an airport or an office or a commercial setting. Right. Like that, the, the, the challenge is we have, we have a long way to go. You know, for every bottle of, of super coffee sold this year, there's 27 bottles of Starbucks, you know, in, just in the U.S. So like we have, uh, we've, we got a long way to go to make super coffee available and whether people choose it or not, that's, that's up to the, I guess that's the second step of like driving that brand awareness and giving sure. people a reason to choose us. But first we gotta, we gotta be there. Man, you'll get there. You're pretty much already on your way. Number three, bro. What? Number three, baby. That's insane. Yeah. You know, I got to ask you something personal because I feel like, hey, you know, you're not an entrepreneur for no reason. You didn't make the 30 or 30 for no reason. You know, when you're alone by yourself, no one's around, whatever. This ain't going that direction. This is not that type of podcast. So imagine that you're on an island by yourself, Virgin Islands, Turks and Caicos, wherever the fuck you want to be, right? You're by yourself. And everything you've built, right, in the U.S. with your brothers and all that stuff um, is already behind you, right? And 
I think that when people are at a, they're not only vulnerable when they're by themselves, but they start to think really deeply about what their mission is. You said it earlier. I think that the the company's mission is one thing, but Jimmy's mission, I want to better understand, especially for people listening, because you've said everything. Who's inspired you? What time you wake up? How long it's taken? How far more you want to go with the business? The people you keep around you, the people that inspire you. But for you, if you had to give us, me and all these people listening right now, uh, um, a better understanding for why you feel like you're here, life, whatever you want to call this thing, right? I call it life. Um, why do you think you're Jimmy? Why do you think Jimmy is here right now? It's a great question, man. And, and I think this is a message for 19 year old Jimmy or 22 year old Jimmy, like literally me six years ago, where it's building something or doing what we're doing at Super Coffee is possible. You know, I, I, I think so many people look up at, at those who have found success or created success and say to themselves, that person has something that I don't. Cause that was me. I, I, I looked up at everybody around us and, and a lot of brands that we're now bigger than, and, and I envied those people. And now the people that, that wouldn't return my phone calls are asking us for advice, you know, and, and, and that's just because we kept showing up every day, putting in the uncomfortable work and evolving. And I truly believe that everybody's capable of that. So mm. ideally I could be, if I could be an example that inspires somebody to keep going or just showing somebody what's possible because like a lot of people know me as the, the kid from Kingston, you know, the kid from Kingston, sure. New York, like that's in, in Kingston, the very average place with, with very normal people that have great jobs and great families and things like that. But uh, to be, to be that kid from Kingston and go out and, and turn a dream into reality, like it's, it's possible. So I think I, ideally just inspire folks who, who are doubting themselves right now. Mm. Couldn't have asked for a better answer, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. Your narrative and everything that just came out of your mouth is is hopefully, and I, I trust that it's that it's helping somebody, bud. Um, I can't thank you enough for for coming on the podcast for saying yes, trusting me with you, uh, you, the Super Coffee brand this entire week, and and helping people better understand how to how to catapult something you believe in, even if the foundation was already built previously with your brothers. I think what you came in uh, to do for the last six years is is super dope and just something that I am really happy that we got to share with people, man. Justin, this was awesome, man. I've been looking forward to this. We've been we've been chirping each other on Instagram, just getting each other hyped, and it, it didn't disappoint. I'm excited for the day. I get to hug you in New York and we'll actually wrap together. That's it, dude. How about that? We'll save the wrapping, everybody, for now. Um, if you <laughs> tuned in, thank you so much. You could have chose any other podcast. There's millions out there and you clicked on this one, hopefully for Jimmy and myself and anybody who's listening now. Um, just you know, do what, do what you need to do to keep coming back. And if you, this is the last one you listen to, I'm glad it was Jimmy's um, from Super Coffee, buddy. Thank you again. And I can't wait to wrap with you and, and hug you in New York, man. You said it. Let's go, Justin. Thanks, brother. I'll see you soon. Hey, it's Justin again. And before you exit this very episode, wherever you're listening, I want to say thank you for being here. I hope you learned something new and are leaving more inspired by the conversation you just heard. Men of the Hour is also on Instagram and YouTube at Men of the Hour Podcast, where you can find all of our video sneak peek exclusives and full episodes. Be sure to follow and subscribe and do all those great things so that we can stay connected. And right before you jump, I would love to hear from you if you would put a rating and review right here where you're listening. Until next Monday, continue taking care of yourself and building the best possible life.